Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I am talking about the state of malware, the state of security, and why we're focused on all the wrong things. And I'm talking with Malcolm Harkins. He's the CISO with Silence. Malcolm, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. Last time we spoke, you had just left Intel after many years and had come to Silence. Tell me what the state of your industry is today in your role. Yeah, well, the state of uh, the industry today in my role, I think, is uh, a tale of two cities. On the one hand, you have Wall Street and you have the security industry celebrating the growth of security. Right. Um, on the other hand, you look at it from the day-to-day -day stuff that those of us that operationally have to deal with it, and frankly, it sucks. Um, the solutions in many cases don't work. They are an impediment to the business velocity, and we continue to throw money at the problem. So depending upon what set of optics you look at, you can go, hey, it's a great world, or if you look at it from the real things that we see day to day in the press, the whack-a-mole and the alert fatigue that many of us are facing day in and day out, it sucks. And as you point out in the conversation we had prior to this, we really aren't focused on true security. Explain that. Yeah, I don't think we are. I think in many ways, uh, most, I won't say all, but I think most if not many of uh, the organizations in the security industry, they profit from the insecurity of computing. Right. So economically, they have no incentive to fundamentally address the issues. Uh, you know, being a finance guy, a business guy, an economist, um, in my prior upbringing before I fell my way into security, I look at information security spending in many ways as an economic inefficiency. It's a byproduct of vulnerabilities left in technology because of the design, development, and validation processes. Some of that is because of the sloppiness of it. Some of it is you can't um, fully remove all vulnerabilities. And that vulnerability is then manifested into impact for a business or a consumer, either based upon mistakes or intent of bad folks. And so if you look at it as an economic inefficiency, what we should be trying to do is figure out that economic equilibrium so that it, the cost is, is essentially flattened or held steady relative to the growth of computing. And so for me, I've always been trying to think about it in the context of having something, as we talked before, um, solutions that create a demonstrable and sustainable bend in my curve of risk. Something that allows me to lower or, or maintain or flatten my total cost of controls. And then something that lowers the control friction in the environment, because also, most controls that we get and we implement, they either jack up the user experience, they slow the business velocity down, or they uh, consume too much computing. But again, the consumption of computing for some people is an economic incentive because it drives you to buy a bigger system or do an upgrade. How is Silence different? And how do you now as an executive with Silence have the opportunity to practice differently? Yeah, great question. And you might remember when we chatted last year when I left and you had asked me, hey, why now? Why Intel? Uh, why'd you leave? Why silence and all that stuff? And I had kind of summarized it into three things. You know, you either are running away from something, or you're running towards something when you have a job choice. And I always was lucky enough to run towards something. But you also need to find three other things. Um, the ability to believe, to belong, and to matter. Um, my belief structure on what's wrong with the industry, my belief structure on how to address it matches um, what silence is bringing to the marketplace and what we're doing. Because we fundamentally 
are trying to, again, create that demonstrable and sustainable bend in the curve of risk. And we're doing that because we can prevent the risk cycle prior to it starting. Prior to the execution of malicious code, we can prevent greater than 99% of the malicious code we're encountering. We also have designed and built into the product the notion of control friction. We want to have a low consumption of computing resource. We want it to be silent, hence the name silence, for the, to the user experience. We don't want the user to have to be alerted left and right. We want to preempt the issues. We also want it to have a low computing resource. Um, so that way, again, they don't have to walk away from the computer because of a scan. They don't get disrupted because of what they're trying to achieve. When you've got both of those things in play, then what allows you to do is declutter your control environment. Because I'm no longer playing whack-a-mole with all the issues. I can start looking at where I've got other things that are driving a high level of control friction, and I can start tuning my cost styles. So everybody today has got a, a next generation solution that anticipates malware trends and, and in theory does everything you're talking about. How does silence distinguish itself against such noisy competition? Well, again, there's a lot of competition in the marketplace. Um, but the way in which we distinguish ourselves is honestly, we are being very front forward in how we approach it. We've been going out and doing demos, live fire events. The way in which I described it to my daughter one time when I was going out to help with one of them is remember the guy who developed Kevlar? Right. And he asked a sheriff to shoot him in the chest to prove this stuff works. We're doing that day in and day out in front of live audiences. We give our product to our customers and we say, test it. Download malware, morph the malware, go bring the malware that's gotten by all your other stuff and run it against our products. And see what it stops and see the, the resource um, consumption that it takes and do the analysis of seeing what the risk curve looks like, what the cost curve looks like, and what the control friction difference is. And to be honest, the results are speaking for themselves. I mean, we're in 18 different verticals, we're growing immensely fast, and people like what they're getting from us and the business result it's achieving. The malware industry has proven to be agile, quick, ingenious. How are they responding to what you're doing? Well, I think they're, at this point, um, continuing to evolve. We're always going to see that evolution. But the reality, and even uh, the NSA's head of their unit that does the nation-state attacking, he gave a video um, talk a couple weeks ago at a conference. And even he said, nation-states don't walk around with a pocket of zero days. They're exploiting unpatched systems. They're exploiting the fact that they can get past the endpoint protection that exists today. They're not doing as much innovation as you think they are. Right. What they are doing is innovation on the reconnaissance. What they are doing is innovation on, on the speed with which they can execute within their environment. But that's only been able to happen because they're able to bypass the things that are on the endpoints today. So I think that's a big differentiator for us. And again, we're the only non-signature, non-behavior, non-dat definition file signature thing that is a certified AV that preempts because we have a kernel level shim. And in milliseconds, we're determining good from bad with a math model. There's no cloud dependencies. There's no dats. There's no definitions. There's no signature updates. There's also no, um, and you and I were chatting before about privacy. One of the biggest challenges, and you've heard me say this before, about privacy is the security industry itself. Yep. And it has to be managed carefully. It has to be done with privacy by design. We don't 
do. What I'll say is what a lot of the endpoint protection products do is bulk collection of virtually all of the machine data from your system and sending megabytes of data up to a third-party cloud to do anomaly detection. We don't have to do that. We collect some performance data, we collect some machine IDs, and then when we convict the file, if our customers choose to upload that to us, we explode it, we provide the malware analysis so that your security operations team doesn't have to, again, further lowering the cost for your security operations. So two questions for you. One is the scourge of, of all industries right now is ransomware. How does Silence respond to this plethora of ransomware? Uh, we, we've been doing it uh, incredibly well, and in fact, we have um, a number of customers that have our solution on point-of-sale systems. One of them was a, um, a reasonably well-known set of restaurants. They were getting popped on an occasional basis with ransomware. This restaurant, that restaurant, they were playing whack-a-mole at rush hour because they were being held captive to pay in Bitcoin in order to process credit card transactions. Wow. They deployed us, and guess what? It's silent. They don't have that issue anymore. Mm -hmm. And in fact, a true story, when our CEO did a follow-up with that organization, the CIO came and gave him a hug and thanked him for giving him his life back because he could go to the kid's soccer game. He could be at home for the holiday and the anniversary stuff. He wasn't having to get to work at 7 in the morning, and then when he was leaving at 5.30, having to get called into a whack-a-mole issue with a restaurant that was held captive to pay him Bitcoin. And so then he didn't get home till 10 o'clock at night. He doesn't have that problem anymore. We gave the life and the time back to the security team, back to the CIO. That's, a good That's what we should be doing as a security organization, as well as a security community. We've got to look at it and say, we've got to stop these things not just continue to perpetuate a detection and response. You're always going to need detection and response, but again, three main control types. You can prevent, you can detect, and you can respond. Detection and response are damage minimization controls. You're on a race to minimize damage, which means the only two variables are time to detect and time to contain. Prevention is the only true form of vulnerability minimization and true reduction in harm. I want to ask you a question as a security and privacy professional now. The big story for the past several months has been the notion of whether security organizations, technology providers should build a backdoor into their systems in case the government wants access for law enforcement reasons. We see a case coming up now with Apple versus the Department of Justice. Where do you, as a security and a privacy professional, come down on the side of the back it, It's very, very clear for me. I have adamantly um, opposed a backdoor in technology forever. Building backdoors into technology is a bad idea. End of story. And it's a bad idea because once you've done that, the bad guys will find it. You've basically opened a vulnerability for exploitation. And it's not a good thing to do. Um, I think it's a challenging, it's a vexing issue though. And, you know, again, you bring up the iPhone and the FBI issues. You know, so on the one hand, you look at it and you go, hey, uh, as a um, general U.S. citizen, most people might say, I get the privacy concern, but boy, these are known terrorists, and boy, we'd like to find who else they were associated with so that we can round them up. Now, in that context, 
a lot of people go, boy, we should go figure out how to do that. Now, let's play the same issue with a different context. Let's say a different nation state that had the equivalent of a federal judge issue an order to Apple or any technology company that says, we need you to unlock this stuff. And the reason for it is because they have a dissident that they don't like. They don't have the same political freedoms. They don't have the same religious freedoms. And what they want to do is use that data to convict that dissident and round up those other dissidents. And then half of them are going to disappear and the other half of them are going to be killed. I said, as a country, we would be saying, stand tall, stand firm, hell no, don't build that back door. But in this context, it's the same issue with different context, which again, we haven't had that dialogue at a public level. We've got to think about it and say, if it's okay for this, you know, how, what leg do they have to stand on when a different nation state with a different purpose and a different set of circumstances asks the same thing? Well said. Malcolm, as always, I appreciate your time and your insight. Hey, thanks, Tom. I speak with Malcolm Harkins, the CISO with Silence for Information Security Media Group. I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. Thanks.